In commercial real estate, we all want our clients to treat us with respect, I think, right? We don't want clients that are gonna treat us like a doormat, but sometimes we're working with clients that don't treat us the way that we deserve to be treated. And if you don't have a lot of work on, or if you kind of just become accustomed to this sort of treatment, then you might not expect better treatment from clients. Well, if we expect better treatment from clients, and if we actually show them ways that they can help us and that they can treat us more as a partner than as just a service provider, then I think we're gonna be well on the way to be working with clients who are more respectful. That is the context of today's episode. Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, welcome to episode 122 of CRE Success, the podcast. My name's Darren Prokabiak, and I help commercial real estate leaders to develop their people and to grow their business. It is 2023. I hope you're having a great start to the year. If you're still on your break, keep enjoying it. It's not going to last forever. And if you are back in the office, well, I hope you've hit the ground running that you've already got some early maybe not deals on the board, but certainly some progress and some momentum behind you. And if you're leading a team, well, I hope that you're helping your team to also get the best possible start to the year. Now, back in episode 110, we talked about not being treated like a doormat. And I shared a story about something an old boss taught me when it comes to not being or not allowing clients to take advantage of us and to you know, not, for example, just sit around waiting for a client forever to start a meeting, that we've got to have certain standards that we adhere by. Otherwise, clients will take advantage of us. And with that in mind, I thought I would share something from an interview that I did last year with John Kasman from the Multifamily Insights podcast. And he asked me a question about how his listeners, who are mostly investors, can have better relationships with clients. And that got us talking about things that investors can do to stand out with an agent. And we talked about some of the best practices that his listeners could undertake in order to have good relationships with their agents. And I thought the conversation would be helpful for you because as we're having this conversation, you can ask yourself, do my clients actually do these things? And do your clients, for example, introduce you to qualified uh, referrals? Do they introduce you to their other service providers who can introduce you to other potential referred clients? We talk about a five-star investing criteria, which is something that I recommend for us when it comes to our five-star clients and people who we want to have referred to us. And we also talk in this episode about ways that his listeners can make sure that they are the first person that real estate agents are thinking of to refer them and to send good deal opportunities their way. And I guess I wanted to share this episode with you today because I think that some of the things that we talk about could be relevant for you to be able to identify the best clients that you're working with because we want to, I think, treat our best clients the best and we want to reward their good behavior by sending more opportunities and more of what we have to offer their way. And if some of what I'm talking about today doesn't sound familiar and you don't recognize any of these behaviors with the clients that you're working with, then I think that that could be a signal that you need to 
start finding some better clients or you need to start looking at strategies to help you create the environment where your clients are being better clients. So that's to set the scene for what we're going to talk about today, a bit of a different perspective because the conversation was coming from the perspective of our clients in the industry, but I think there is still plenty to take away for us in the industry, in commercial real estate, operating as agents from today's conversation. So I hope you enjoy it and I will speak to you soon. Many of our listeners are actually investors, right? We definitely have some real estate agents and real estate brokers and other real estate professionals, but many of them are investors. So from your standpoint, between your own experience and all of the agents and brokers that you've worked with over the years, what are some things investors can do to stand out with an agent when they're trying to build that relationship? Yeah. So I think a couple of things that immediately come to mind is to be respectful of the role that the agent plays in the process. So I feel like sometimes people treat their lawyer and their accountant and other professional service providers with a little bit more respect than they treat their broker for whatever reason that is. Maybe that's because there's a degree that is attached to being a lawyer and an accountant, then there isn't necessarily a degree. It's more of a kind of a certificate of qualification that's attached to being a commercial real estate broker. But the commercial real estate broker has a very important role to play in the process. In fact, given deal uh, origination always involves the broker and sometimes the accountant or the lawyer can come later, I would think that they're actually very important to the process. So I think treating that person with respect, that can be through how responsive you are to them, letting them know, communicating, yes, this is what I'm looking for. No, it's not what I'm looking for. So they can focus more on bringing you quality opportunities being upfront and honest about what your capacity is for investing in terms of an ability to execute within a certain time or within a certain financial range. I think these sort of things that make it clear for a commercial real estate agent to understand how it is that they can work with you effectively will go a long way to demonstrating that you're not someone who's going to be taking advantage of their time or not respecting their role in the process. So That would be the first thing that comes to mind is respecting the role of the process of the commercial real estate agent. That's a really good point because, first of all, it starts with the broker typically, right? When you talk about finding that deal, it starts with that broker relationship. So that's really important just so you have access to these opportunities, but recognizing the importance of the role that this broker plays, particularly in commercial where that broker may be a dual agent and representing both the buyer and the seller. And there's a lot that goes in there. It's not the residential space where you have your broker, they have their broker, and you just fight it out and hopefully you get a deal done. In a lot of cases, this broker truly is representing the entire deal and trying to put two people together based on their interests. So having that respect for the opportunity and for that process definitely makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of people kind of slip up on that from time to time, but maybe you can give us a little bit more context as far as like, what are some best practices to make sure that we put ourselves in good graces with the broker? Replying to emails with the outcome or the response rather than just saying, okay, I don't want that and leaving it. Like that would be a quick one for me. Like just saying, hey, John, that's not right for me, but thanks for letting me know about it, Darren. Like a simple thing like that, as opposed to just not sending a response is going to help 
the commercial real estate agent. It's just good manners to <laughs> let someone know whether you like what they've taken the time to send you or not. And it means that the agent, the broker, doesn't need to follow you up with, oh, I, did you see this? Want to know if you're interested? So a simple thing like that, where communication, over-communication is always a good thing because we're all busy, we miss things. And the person who has sent you the communication or the information may think that you've just missed it. So they're going to be chasing you if you don't let them know. So always respond, thank people for their time, even if it's not of interest. I think that's going to keep you top of mind as a person who is friendly and cooperative to deal with, because we want to deal with friendly and cooperative people, particularly in a hot market when there's a lot of buyers around and maybe there's a bit more choice in terms of who is being presented with opportunities. It's those people who are friendly and cooperative are going to be getting more of them coming across their desk. Another one that comes to mind actually is introductions to other lawyers, accountants, other people who are involved in the process that you can introduce that aren't competitors of yours, but can still be of use to the broker. So I get that you don't want to introduce other investors because they could be competing with you on a deal. So it's not in your interest maybe to introduce them, but it might be of interest to introduce your vendors to an agent and then they can develop a relationship which can help them introduce parties that they see as mutually beneficial if they're working on a deal. It's, I think, trying to expand their network, trying to find a way for them to have more ways to trade information is going to be really helpful. And it's all about just giving something that you're in a position to give that doesn't take away from you. So one way would be to share your relationships with people who are relevant to a commercial real estate agent. So that would be another best practice. And one more maybe would be, and in commercial real estate, we call this a five-star client, right? So have a five-star investment criteria. And by that, I mean, you just have five attributes of what you're looking for and it's 50 units, it's X price, it's less than 20 years old, it's whatever else that people in multifamily are looking for, I'm not sure, but you just list off the five attributes. So it's like, oh, okay, now I know what this person's looking for. So I can focus on bringing you those types of opportunities. But also when you tell someone what you're looking for, they're more likely to see it and associate that with you. So you're actually planting the seed that those opportunities are going to come back with you. So you're actually making it more likely that you're going to get more specific and relevant opportunities, but you're also saving the other person some time because they're not just sending you a bunch of stuff because they don't actually know what it is you want. So you probably know what you want. At least there's probably at least five things that you can identify that what you want. And you're not saying that I'm going to buy it if it's got these five things. You're just saying these are the types of opportunities I want to see in front of me. So yeah, define your five-star opportunity and give the broker the opportunity to bring you those because you've actually told them what it is that you want. Great stuff, Darren. First of all, you said be responsive. Respond to the broker. Let them know what you like about the deal, don't like about the deal. If you're in, if you're not in, make sure you respond. Second, introductions. The brokers are trying to build a business just like you are. And there might be some key introductions from non-competitors. So lawyers, attorneys, other individuals who are in the profession that you can introduce them to where they can kind of grow their relationships as well. And then third, be clear on what you're looking for. Have your five-star criteria of here's what I'm looking for so that that person knows whether or not a deal fits. And I think it's great because if you tie that with the first thing, you can always use that as an opportunity to circle back around. Hey, Darren, thanks for sending me this deal. 
this one doesn't fit. I'm looking for, or as I mentioned to you before, I'm looking for a property that has this, 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 and this. If you have one of those, I'd be happy to take a look at it because that person may have that opportunity, but they forgot because they're working with a bunch of other investors. So if you can use that as a chance to remind them of what I'm looking for, now I can go and say, you know what? I might have something or I don't have it today, but thank you for responding and reminding me. Now I can keep that in mind as I'm having more conversations. So I think that's gold, just really great insights from a broker himself who is telling you that be responsive, make sure that you are adding value to them through introductions, but as well, make sure you let them know what it is exactly you're looking for. Great summary. Thank you. So Darren, with that noted, part of what every investor is looking for is that broker relationship where they kind of are getting these off-market deals kind of fed to them before the masses get a chance to take a look at them. Obviously, from a broker standpoint, you're looking to do business and grow kind of their sales and grow from that perspective. When you think about that marriage of the relationship, particularly from a broker's viewpoint, what can an investor do to ensure that they are kind of that first option when it comes to doing deals and building that relationship? Yeah, I think it's about being a person who respects the broker's role in the process. And part of the way that you show respect is just by being respectful and being a person who is friendly and cooperative and that is nice to deal with. Also, you want to be able to do what you say that you can and will do. So if I'm going to be bringing you an off-market opportunity, then I want to know that you're not going to let me down with an inability to execute if I'm bringing you that opportunity. So you need to be direct and tell me that, yes, this is something that I've got the capacity to move on or no, it isn't, or at least just be open and honest about where you're at in terms of your ability to handle that particular opportunity. Because if I'm bringing it to you, then I'm putting my reputation on the line with my vendor. So, and again, I think it's about being clear about the types of things that are of interest to you, because if I'm trying to move something off market before, if I don't have the authority to go on market, or if the vendor's preference is to do something off market before going on market, then there's only so much I'm up against the clock. And obviously it could be better interest in my interest to do the deal before that time period comes to an end. And then we would move to one market or when my authority ends, I want to make sure that I'm putting in front of people who are able to help me earn the fee on the transaction. So, you know, be someone who can do what you say you can do and let me know what it is that you want. So basically help me help you by bringing things to you that are relevant to you and that help me get the deal done for my client. I think the big takeaway there is one, be a person people want to do business with, right? Because brokers are people first and foremost. So be somebody that people want to do business with. Do what you say you can do, right? Or at least follow up, be clear, communicate, and make sure you're building a relationship. Communicate as much as possible. Let them know what you can do, can't do, what your criteria is. And if you follow up with those things, you should be able to do great deals in this market. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.